All right, welcome into another week of Inside the Lines. We have a ton to talk about. We're going to go ahead and get into it. Friday night, there was a game that involved a team that Robbie and I both do not care too much about. Colorado playing Stanford at home. I have to work Saturday morning, so I was interested in the first half, and I was going to go to bed. If it was close, I was going to stay up. Colorado was up 29-0 to at halftime. I went to bed thinking that my pick, I had them minus 10.5, had won, only to wake up to find that they had lost 46-43 to in overtime. Robbie, what are your what I would love to hear your thoughts on Colorado. Well, my first thought is I it doesn't matter if I have to work the next day or not. I cannot stay awake to finish a 1030 Eastern Standard Time game ever. But I woke up with jubilation. I was so glad to see the fighting Dion's lose again. How many have they lost in a row now? Well, they lost they oh, won they won last week there. They did they, win last yeah. week. Yeah. So but they've lost three. Yeah. At least that I know of. And it, it makes me happy. Anytime that Dion loses and to see him like in the post game interview, just ha- just have have having no choice but to be humbled. It just it, it done my heart well. Yeah, I, I mean obviously I wanted to win my pick. Um and I thought it was a lot I mean, twenty nine to zero at halftime is about as locked up as it gets. And they somehow found a way. Uh, and I do want to talk about for a second, you're talking about them losing a few games. I don't think they're winning another game this season. I mean, if you look at their schedule next, I think they're off. Yeah, they're off this week. And then they go at UCLA. They ain't winning that game. Loss. Oregon State. L. Arizona. Maybe. L. Was- at Washington State. Loss. And then at Utah. Loss. They're they, not- yeah, they might could beat Arizona. <laughs> Maybe, but we, Maybe. we're yeah. going to talk about it in a few minutes. But we saw, I mean, Arizona's starting to turn the corner a little bit, and that's a team you don't want to mess with. So, I, genuinely, I I don't think Colorado wins another game this year. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know how, how much longer the media is going to be able to, I mean, hold on to Dion as much as they have been. Oh, but. they're already they're already, they're already fading in the media quickly. <laughs> yeah. I have not heard about the other than blowing the lead. Yeah, you know, they're trying to keep that, uh, you know, under the hat. I mean, if you think about the teams they beat, TCU, who's looked really bad this year, Nebraska also looked really bad this year, Colorado State, not a great team to begin with. Nope. And then the only game that they've looked good in has been the USC game when they came, they were down by a lot and came back. And I don't know, it's just I think obviously there was a huge overreaction to Colorado at the beginning of the year. Yeah. That, should not have happened. And we all knew it shouldn't have happened. But yeah. I don't know. They might catch one, but I, I really don't think they're going to win a game the rest of the year. So we'll see how that in, ends up. Uh, the first game I want to start with on Saturday, and I'm just going to get it out of the way, Alabama playing at home against Arkansas. Goes up early and looks pretty good in the first half. And then second half, just lay a fat turd. I mean. I don't – like like <laughs> you said, like uh, – the. To start the game, like yeah, they gave up six points to start. I think I think they were down six zero in that yeah. game, but then they quickly bounced back and were twenty playing, six. yeah, playing just fine. It was twenty four to six, yeah. and went up and then just stopped playing. It seemed like <laughs> it was just like, what are y'all doing? Like I actually like I was watching the game. I watched through the first half into the second half. 
They scored again, and I'm, okay, it's 24-6. So I leave the house, go to a birthday party. They have the game on there, and it's already like – and all of a sudden it's 24-21 like that, and I'm just irritated. And I'm at a birthday party, and I'm just ready to leave this party. I'm irritated, but I can't leave. And they have the game on there, but they just quit playing, it seemed like. I have a question. Was the birthday party an adult or a kid? It was a kid. Okay, so, yeah, definitely. Definitely can't show your true colors at a kid's birthday. No, 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 I could not show my true colors. I stood right beside the TV looking flustered to everyone (laughs) at the party. Well, I think I I was pretty frustrated, too, because I ended up – I had a parlay. uh, It was like – $2 $2 to win 250 bucks, and every leg ended up hitting besides Arkansas team total under 13 and a half. So I was pretty frustrated about that second half as well. Um, after they scored six points in the first half, I thought that I was that was a lock. And Alabama, like you said, just seemed like they were just going to coast, and it almost bit them in the butt. So um, This Alabama team is not good enough to coast in any <laughs> game versus anybody they play. Well, and – we're going to talk about it later when we get into next week's games. But, I mean, Alabama opens as, a, I think, a 10-point favorite. It's gone down to, I think, eight and a half now against Tennessee. Do you think Alabama can beat anybody by 10 points? Anybody, yes. Not Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, I, even the South Florida game. Anybody really left on their schedule. They play some, like, maybe maybe UTC or somebody the weekend before Thanksgiving. But. Yeah, they'll beat them by more than Yeah, 10, they'll, they'll beat them by 10, but no SEC games. No, I don't think they'll win by more than 10. But, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that discussion later. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there as, as a little bone before we get there. The next game was one of the games of the week, Washington, Oregon. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, I was flipping. I had the, the YouTube for the quad TV. I, it was on one of my screens, and that game was just really good, I think. Even though Oregon lost, I think it said a lot about both teams that they're both legit. I mean, they're both um, playoff contending teams. So, um, Michael Penix is it should be the Heisman frontrunner. I think he is. Uh, I haven't looked at the lines, but I think he is now the favorite to win the Heisman. But that dude ha- throws the prettiest ball I think I've ever seen. Yeah, he should definitely be the front runner, and probably will wind up winning it, but. You know, I mean, I know Caleb Williams is right there, but that team has, you know, unfortunately, that defense is terrible. So <laughs> we'll his, get into that. His, his team isn't going to, you know, be doing too hot at the end of the year. So I think it's it's Penix's Heisman to lose. Did and, you get how, how many odds did you get on that game? Uh, one of four. Same, same same thing. I had, you know, split screen four way on YouTube. And, you know, so I, I was watching, you know, a couple of different games, but. And it was it was fun to watch. They put up a lot of points, but I don't know how good their defense will be once. Uh, I mean, if we're talking like playoff teams, yeah, how good that defense can hold up in a playoff. So yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see because I think Washington can make the playoff, but they still have a tough stretch still to come left in the Pac-12. Yeah, I want to talk for a second about um, Oregon's clock management and just decision making i think dan lanning um he's getting a lot of grief over some of his decisions to go for it on fourth down um the one right before the half he could have taken three but he went for it and didn't end up getting it i think that was probably the worst one um a lot of people are frustrated about the end of the game but honestly i kind of agree with the decision in a way i mean they have the ball i think close to the 50 it's probably like on the fourth there uh washington's 45 
They're driving. All they need is a first down. The game's over. And they end up getting fourth down. Uh, Washington burns their timeouts, I think. And um, they go for it. And had they gotten it, the game would have been over because they just needed a few times. And they didn't end up getting it. Washington, obviously, two plays down the field, and they score a touchdown. Um, what are your thoughts on that decision to go for it on fourth down at the end of that game? That's probably what I would have done as well. It's not yeah. like the defense was out there tearing it up, stopping <laughs> them every chance they get. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it was close to midfield. I, I would have went for it too, most likely. Yeah, I think – and he obviously has – it because it was unsuccessful, he's going to have to take the blame. But at the end of the day, he gave his, his team a, a ball. Like, making that decision gave his team the ball at the end. And if he would have punted it, it might have taken the whole clock for Washington to go down the field and score, and he could have had no time left to have the ball. But at the end of the day, he got the ball back, and they had a chance to tie it, but they just missed the field goal. So Yeah, I think a lot of people just try and overthink things. Like, their offense is way better than their defense. So yeah. Both give your teams. offense on the field and, and you know, give your offense a shot. So Yeah, and I have – I wanted to talk a little bit about Pac uh, what the Pac-12 schedule could end up being. I mean, Washington, looking at their schedule uh, at – or they're playing at home against Arizona State, that's a win. Yep. At Stanford, that's a win. Yep. At USC, I would say that's a win. I don't think USC is going to be able to stop Washington's offense at all. And then they get Utah at home. It's a big game at home because that I think that's their biggest chance of losing a game the rest of the year. And obviously Oregon State at Oregon State the next week is going to be a big game too. And then closing out the year with Washington State. I mean, what chance do you give Washington to run the table? A little – I think they drop one of those games. I don't, you know, and I honestly think it could be any of those games. I think, it, or not any of them, but uh, you look at USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. I think that they slip up and lose one of those games. And I think it could be literally one of any of the yeah, four. I can see that. Um, and for Oregon, this doesn't mean that their season's done. I mean, they, if they find a way to win out there, I mean, they're right there back in the playoff conference because they're going to get a, a uh, probably a rematch, I'd say, in the in the Pac-12 championship game. The winner of that's – if there's a one-loss team in the Pac-12 that wins the uh, conference, they're going to the playoffs. So, Oregon, I mean, they're still – they still have everything to play for. And they have a similar schedule to um, Washington. They, I mean, they play pretty much the same teams. They play Washington State this week um, and then at, or or at Utah, play Cal, USC at home at Arizona State, and then close the season with their big rivalry game uh, and host Oregon State. So everything's still ahead of Oregon. I think both teams are going to have a good chance to, I mean, compete for that title. I think those are the best two teams in the conference for sure. I do too. I agree. I think Washington and Oregon are the best two teams in that conference. But I think that, you know, no telling what Utah is going to do with their quarterback. But yeah. I think they could they could sneak back in there like they did last year too. So. I think the Pac-12 is really up in the air, honestly. It's the most entertaining conference to watch this year. Yeah. Every team has something. I mean, it just seems like there, there's not a really – I mean, Stanford was probably the worst team, but we saw them put on a show this past week. Yeah. So. And you, you think about the Pac-12 and, like, them disbanding after this year and how fun they are to watch. And think about the SEC in past years versus this year. And the SEC is probably the worst conference yep. to watch because all the teams have struggled. Yep. There's not one SEC team that hasn't struggled all year. For sure. Yeah. I, I think out of all the Power Five schools or conferences, the SEC might might be the worst. 
I don't know. No, I, I wouldn't go that far now. But we're close. Uh, we're close to that territory, though. We have we've never been this close. But I would say this: the uh, the best teams uh, overall. Like if you think about the SEC and what it's going to look like next year. Oh yeah, the two best teams would be Oklahoma and Texas. Yep. this year. <laughs> yep, for sure. Well, I don't know Georgia. I mean, yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't, with Georgia, we but. don't know yet on Georgia, but. I yeah. think that Georgia can still be the best team in yeah, the country, sure. but they haven't showed up and no. proved they, it yet. They just haven't had to yet. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna move on. Tennessee. We're gonna move on to Tennessee A and M game. Uh, Tennessee wins a rock fight. I mean, that game was brutal to watch. It was a lot like the Alabama A and M game. I mean, nobody wanted to score. Um, a lot of good defense, bad offense. The combination of those two things, and Tennessee found a way to win. Um, they probably shouldn't have won that game with the quarterback play. I mean, Joe Milton just had an abysmal game. He was 11 of 22 for 100 yards and a, a touchdown and an interception. And he just made several really bad decisions. Um, and then the officiating was awful, too. I mean, they missed so many calls in that game for both teams. And it was just like, what do we – I feel like the SEC officiating just keeps getting worse every year. And it's not like it's one side. It's just for every game and every team. It's just getting worse. I mean – and the, I don't know if you caught this, but Tennessee had an um, interception that the game was 17-13 with like two minutes to go, and Texas A&M has the ball, and Tennessee gets an interception, and they miss a, an egregious false start. Like the right tackle was like a, a second and a half early, and they don't call it, and A&M ends up throwing an interception. I was screaming at the TV when I saw it, and then we caught the interception, and I was like, okay, no, do not throw the flag. Because we, we were going to seal the game then at that point. But it's just like, I don't know, man. And I don't know if uh, the officiating has been – and we're not going to talk a ton about it, but it just feels like it's gotten a lot worse this year. But that might just be me. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I think that, you know, it just depends on the crew. And I don't think that it's anything to that I think about very often. Yeah. So it's – it's just it, it is what it is. They're they're always in every game. They're going to be good calls, bad calls. That's true. And so I mean, it's every game, every team. It's not for sure. you know most of the time it's not one side. Oh that's no, that's what you hope for. Yeah, because I saw you know two egregious face masks. Yeah, that's calls. what I'm talking like, about. Like that both was ways, crazy against like I mean anybody. Yeah, everybody that's stadium. Saw that's what I'm saying. That's like both. It was bad yeah. both ways the whole game. But but I actually thought in in the game itself, like I was really surprised how well Tennessee ran the ball. Again, and I know that's what they do best. But against that front seven for Texas A and M, I was surprised how well they ran the football. Yeah, uh, they they had more rushing yards than A and M's last three opponents combined. So it wasn't uh, hard to do since Alabama <laughs> had negative three in the first half. I think out they had Alabama like forty eight rushing yards because they showed it. Um, but yeah. I was impressed with with uh, how Tennessee played up front. Um, I didn't know that – I mean, I knew they were okay on the defensive line, but goodness gracious, they had Max Johnson under pressure. It felt like every other time he dropped back to throw. So, I think going into this week, third Saturday in October, I mean, that's going to be a that's going to be a big point of conversation. I mean, which – which line of scrimmage is going to be able to hold up. I mean, both teams have really good defensive lines and questionable offensive lines. So I think that's going to be the difference in the game for, for the Tennessee Alabama. We're going to get into that later. I do want to move on. Uh, I didn't get to see a lot of this game, and but Pitt absolutely destroys Louisville. 
Um, and I should have seen this coming. Major letdown game for Louisville, but they do more than just a letdown game. They get absolutely smacked by a really awful Pittsburgh team. That was Pittsburgh's – I think that was their first win over an FBS team this year. And there's just no excuse to lose that type of game, especially yeah. after beating Notre Dame. I feel like that's what Louisville is, though. Like, they yeah. will get up, like, win a couple games, and you start talking about them, and then it's just like they lose a game like this, and, and they just fall out of it, and you don't talk about them anymore. And I feel like this has happened to Louisville several times over the years. So I really don't put much stock into Louisville <laughs> until, like, it's the end of the year and they're still doing good and show me something then. Like, the only time I ever remember Louisville actually being good is when they had Lamar Jackson. And Not it was like – and it was like the same like situation. Like they still lost a couple of games yeah. that they shouldn't have lost. Well, if the, what sucks the most for them is if you look at their schedule. I mean, they could have run the table. I mean, Notre Dame was the toughest game they had all year, and they go out and beat them. And they could have, they legitimately could have run the table this year, and the, for their regular season schedule. And then they go out and lose to the worst team on their schedule. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's just I, I had no words for that. Um, speaking of teams that I had no words for. Um, and Robbie does not feel good about this game because this was his lock. Arizona goes to Washington State and absolutely destroys them, 44-6. to six. Man, Washington State, Cam <laughs> Ward, y'all have let me down. Like, it's, it's worse this week because I thought for sure – I thought for sure that Washington State would bounce back and handle business at home against Arizona. And nope, they got blown out again. Washington State – Y'all are dead to me. I'm not picking you again. <laughs> so you, you've let me down twice now, and I, I it's unacceptable. I can't pick you anymore. Yeah, I, I don't think either of us really watched a snap of this game. It was more of a box score watching for me. Yeah, And I was like, okay, I think – I mean, surely they'll turn it around. And then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Yep. And it was like, goodness gracious. I know Robbie's not going to be happy whenever I see him. <laughs> turnover after turnover after turnover. But yeah, Washington State, they're done. I mean, they we thought they were a scrappy, a good team, but that I mean, you can't go out and lose to Arizona at home like that. So but yeah, I and I will say for a second, Arizona has been getting better and better. Um, they've been playing their best football as of late. So um it's a good win for them and their program, obviously. Um and then I, the next game I want to talk about, I've been saying since the beginning of the season that this team was fraudulent. USC gets absolutely boat raced by Notre Dame. I've been saying it for two weeks now on this podcast that USC was going to get exposed, and that's exactly what happened this weekend. Um, they played a team with a good defense, and they could not do anything. They turn, turned it over, I think, four times maybe, and they just could not get anything going on offense. And Notre Dame really didn't do much on offense either, but whenever you give them the ball three or four times, they're going to be able to – I mean, they, I think they had a pick six a punt return for a touchdown. And, I mean, they kept getting the ball in plus territory. And anytime you do that, you're not going to win the game. And it just looks like USC could care less about the, the defensive side of the ball. Like, no. they don't, they can't tackle. They can't – they don't play special teams. They don't – it's like they don't even practice it. It blows my mind. Oh, yeah, it, it was awful. Well, and what's crazy to me is, like, I wasn't surprised at the fact that, you know, USC blew a game, but – What's surprising to me was they blew it on offense. Yeah. Like, with all the turnovers, like, the defense, like, yeah, they're bad. But, man, like, if that offense is turning the ball over and giving Notre Dame the ball, at, you know, inside the red zone yep. already, like, it's, you know, yep. and your defense already sucks, 
that you have no chance. Yeah. And that was what surprised me the most is the defense wasn't the one that cost them a game. It was the offense. Yep, for sure. And uh, Caleb Williams turning the ball over. Yeah, he uh, fully cemented his chance to not go back-to-back as, as a Heisman winner because for you to go be able to go back-to-back, you pretty much have to be perfect. And that game was whew, far from it. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but, yeah, Notre Dame, I mean, I they got off the mat. I mean, I they lost to Louisville last week, and they got up for this game. And I, I said last week on the podcast that I thought that Notre Dame was looking ahead to this game, and I think the outcome of this one kind of proved that. I mean, they were ready to go for this for this USC game. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, uh, another team that looked really good, I mean, North Carolina. Goodness gracious, that team is legit. I mean, I they it's them and Florida State and ACC. To me, I mean, they come out Miami. Um, I think Miami was up seventeen to fourteen at halftime, and then North Carolina comes out in the second half and just absolutely destroys them. And Nor- Miami was my lock, so I thought I was looking good at plus three and a half. Up, they're up three at halftime, and North Carolina comes out and outscores them twenty-one to zero in the third quarter. I think I mean in the, in the beginning of the fourth, and that game was over. So yeah, I actually picked the over on that. It was it was one of the very few things that I hit. <laughs> but uh, um, but I knew that North Carolina can score points. I just don't know. I still don't know what they're going to be like on defense. Yeah. So I think that it's still up in the air. Like, I think if they go up against the Florida State and they're big and physical, and I still think North Carolina is another one of those teams that, you know, that they get caught losing a game they shouldn't lose, maybe looking ahead at another game. I don't have their schedule right in front of me, but – um, I don't know if they play Florida State in the regular season or not. I don't think so. Um, I don't see them winning the ACC. Well, I I guess the point I was trying to make is that they're gonna have they're probably gonna be in that game, that championship game at the end of the year with a chance to go to the playoff. And I I just pulled up their schedule real quick. I mean, they host Virginia this weekend, dominate. Yeah. Go to Georgia Tech, they'll probably dominate that. Yeah. They play Campbell, that's a win. Host Duke, big that they're hosting that game because that's gonna be a big game. I still think they win that game. And I think they're better than Clemson. They play them next. And then NC State is not good this year. So, I mean, they seriously have a really good shot at running the table and making it to that to that championship game. Well, I think that ultimately they'll lose one of those games to either Duke or Clemson. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But I think that they can still make the championship game even with a loss. Well, yeah, they'll so. still probably make it either way. But I think it's just the best two teams for the ACC make it. So I don't, I don't know. Do they not do divisions anymore? I don't think so. They I think used to. I think this was everybody's the, going away from that now, yeah. which is probably good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, North Carolina's for real. I mean, I I definitely doubted them as a complete team, but their defense looks pretty good. They get pressure on the quarterback, and their offense obviously has been really, really good the last few weeks. Yeah. So I was not I was wrong about North Carolina, but but yeah, that does that does it for our week seven recap. We're going to get into the big games of week eight. We've got a bunch of them. Well, we don't have a bunch of them. We have a handful of them, but two really, really big games. For... We have four ranked-on-ranked matchups yeah. this week, which I don't know if we've had that all year. Yeah, I think like, – yeah, maybe not. But there's two games that are coming up this week. One of them really means a lot to me. The game of the week. Yeah. Tennessee-Alabama. <laughs> and then, I don't think that's the first one we're going to talk about. No, it's not. Game of the week. I don't care – if Penn State's playing Ohio State, it's not the game of the week. Because probably because it's at noon. Yeah. The it, first of all, this is a side tangent, but it really bothers me that the game of the week is at at noon. I mean, we've talked about it for the last two years. 
Penn State and Ohio State should not be playing at noon. But anyways, that's the first game we're going to talk about. Um, I think Robbie and I have different opinions on these two teams, but I'm really high on Penn State. I think this is the best team that James Franklin has had on paper since he's been there. And I think Ohio State is extremely gettable. Um, they've gotten better over the last few weeks. They haven't played anybody good. So um, it's easy to get better whenever you're you're playing some cupcakes. And I know the Big Ten, everyone in the Big Ten West is a cupcake. Let's just be honest. Yes. Um, so Ohio State got a few of those. Um, but Penn State doing the same thing. I mean, they're blowing out the teams they're playing. So, Robbie, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this game. I think Penn State's doing what they do every year. They, <laughs> they beat the teams that, that they can easily beat, and then they lose to teams like Michigan and Ohio State. And I don't see that being any different any different this year. So I still like Ohio State playing at home. If this was at Penn State, like wide-out game or something crazy like that, then, yeah, I might would like Penn State. But it's a noon game. It's at Ohio State. So I'm, I'm taking the Buckeyes. Well – I, I'm the opposite. I think Penn State's going to come out, and I'm taking them to cover, and you'll hear that later on my card, and I think they're going to win the game. I picked Penn State to win the Big Ten at the beginning of the year, and I'm sticking by that pick by picking them to win this game. Um, I think their run game's really good. They're dominant on both lines of scrimmage, and the difference this year is that they have a five-star quarterback, and it's, that's been their missing piece over the last few years. They've been able to run the ball, but they haven't been able to throw. And I think – the consistency in the past games is what's going to win Penn State this game. And if they can cover Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think anybody can. But what what can they do to slow him down? Yeah, I, I don't see it. I, I don't know. You know, you talk about Penn State dominate the line of scrimmage, but against who? What was yeah. the best team they played all year? That's true. I mean, Iowa, probably. If, yeah. you, th- if you look okay. at their schedule. I mean, they, they dominated Iowa. And Iowa's not a great team, but they do pride themselves on being pretty good on the line of scrimmage, so. But, yeah, I think this one's obviously going to tell us a lot about both teams. We're going to be we're going to know who Ohio State is and who Penn State is after this game. Yeah, I I will say this. I I hope that you're right on Penn State. (laughs) I would love to see Ohio State lose. Well, I will say we've both been really bad on our cards the last couple weeks. And we one of us has one side and one of us has the other. So one of us has to win this week on this game. So. Um, at least we'll have – at least we'll, one of us will win going into it. So, but, yeah, the next game we're going to talk about, Tennessee at Alabama. It's the game of the week. Well, it's definitely the game of the week. But, yeah, um, we're this is the game we've been looking for all year. I mean, this is the inside the lines game of, game of the who, year. Who do you got, Aaron? Tennessee versus Alabama, straight up. Um, at Alabama, 3.30 p.m. kick. Yeah, Alabama's winning this game. Let's just be honest. Um, well, I certainly hope you're right about that. <laughs> I don't know about the spread. I'm obviously neither of us are going to pick this game on the spread. No, the spread is interesting. I you I thought you said that you you saw it come at ten, but I never saw that. The most I've seen on it yeah. was at nine. Now it's at eight and a half. So I definitely would not take Alabama minus eight and a half. I think it's going to be a close game either way. Yeah. Come down to three points, maybe four. I'm really, really, really hoping that Alabama wins. I don't even care if they cover. I just want them to beat Tennessee after last year at Neyland. And, you know, I'm pretty sure those field goal posts are still in a river somewhere, and we've had to hear about it all year. Yeah, I just from- want them to beat Tennessee. I don't care what the score is. You haven't heard from me, let's just be honest about that. I haven't said anything to you about that game. 
even the next week on the podcast, I was very careful to be a, li- a little nice to you because I didn't want your feelings to get hurt. But, yeah, I mean, as but far what, as – What do you see happening? Yeah, that's what I was about to get into. As far as the game itself, um, low scoring. I don't think either team is built to score a lot of points, which is weird to say after watching these two teams last year put up 52 and 49 in that game. Um, we're going to see the opposite style of game, I think. I mean, both teams are going to try and run the ball. Um, now I think it's going to come down to that, which team's going to be able to run the ball better and which team's going to be able to get pressure on the other quarterback. And which whichever quarterback makes more mistakes, the other team's going to win. And they're both prone to mistakes. So yep. it, it's kind of – I really see Tennessee and Alabama as very similar teams, I do too. believe I, it or not. I actually I agree with that. I think it's going to come down to turnovers. What, what makes me the most nervous about – Playing Tennessee is how well they run the ball, especially against A and M, which has a better defensive or just as good defensive yeah. line as Alabama. Which Alabama is good against the run, but so if they can run the ball well against Alabama, then then they might pull it out and win. But um, still not crazy about Joe Milton. But the same could be said on Alabama's side. Yeah. We struggled to run against A and M. Like I think you said, well, the final being forty eight yards yeah. rushing. And I don't know why Alabama does not run Milrow more than they do, but for whatever reason, it's it's beyond me. But well, he's Alabama, got a great arm. Alabama's going to have to run the ball to to win this weekend. Milrow's got a great arm. It's just not very he accurate. Does. Well, he he's accurate deep, and he's accurate short. But like those intermediate yeah. to 10, 15 yards, like he just misses. Yeah. I mean, they'd be running wide open, and he's throwing them behind them or over the top, and he's just not accurate in that intermediate. You can tell that. And I, I could see a little bit in the Arkansas game this past week how I don't think he has that connection with the receivers that, that Bryce Young had because you saw a lot of drop balls. Like, guys weren't expecting it at the right the right time. Like, they weren't necessarily bad throws, but you just saw a lot of drops because maybe their body was turned the wrong way or they're expecting it to come a different way, and the ball just wasn't there. Well, a lot of balls in that Arkansas game were thrown behind the receivers. Yeah, that too. But – and, and – I. Joe Joe Milton was just as bad against AM. I mean, couldn't complete hardly anything. And I think you saw Hypel just kind of go away from throwing the ball. It's like, okay, we can't trust our quarterback to make good decisions. So we're just gonna run. I mean, <laughs> the second half was pretty much all run. Yeah, I think the like you said, they're two very similar teams, which is weird to say, but you know, I'm hoping that the home team wins in the end. Yeah, and unfortunately for us Tennessee fans, Hypel doesn't have a great road record since he's been in the sec um so i don't know who would pick i mean i don't know who would pick alabama giving up the eight and a half do you what do you mean i mean like, who would pick alabama i, I haven't heard anybody half. picking them to cover yeah so that's but i also I, I don't think anybody's really touching this game because i don't think i haven't heard a lot of people picking tennessee yeah. either so that's what i'm saying though like an eight and a half like i don't see a lot of people picking alabama yeah. to cover that yeah, I, and we talked about it before the podcast started. Is like, how many teams do you think Alabama can beat by 10 points in the SEC? And we talked about it, and we came to the conclusion that I don't think either team can beat a lot of teams by 10 points, and they're just not built for it this year. Yep. So, but, yeah, we're, we're excited for that game. We need to come up with, like, a punishment from here on out, like that the loser of that game has to do something on the podcast next week. But. <laughs> Well, I don't, we'll have to think about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to think about it. But the next game we're going to talk about Duke, number 16, going at Florida State. It's a 7.30 game. Um, honestly, the time of this game and where it's at is all I need to know. I think Florida State's going to dominate this game. 
I do like Duke's defense, and I think that will keep him in the game for the first couple quarters, maybe into the third quarter, but then I think Florida State pulls away at the end. Do you know if Duke's quarterback is playing in this game? He didn't play this past week. There was right. They said he was day-to-day, and everyone thought he was going to play, and then the backup played this past week, and they really didn't even throw the ball. I think they threw eight passes against NC State. They just kind of dominated a lot of scrimmage and won that pretty easily. So if Riley Leonard plays, this will be a pretty decent game. Well, I actually – I almost put this on my card because I really like Florida State. The line, I think, last I saw was 13-and-a-half. Not sure what it's at now. But I almost put Florida State uh, on my card because, one, they're play- it's at night, it's at home, and they're the much more physical team. Pretty I know good. that Duke has had, you know, some good games, and, and they they played really good football this year. But uh, Florida State, they, they haven't went up against anybody as physical as Florida State. I know they played Clemson, but – um, but still, I think Florida State's a, a whole different beast. Yeah, did you see that catch that Keon Coleman had in the, their game this past week? I did not. Oh, my goodness. After this, you need to look it up. He he had a one-handed snag, and it was out of this world. Like, normal guys do not make plays like that. He's a really good receiver. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Florida State wins the game. The next game we want to talk about, and the final game we're going to talk about, Utah at number 18, USC. It's an 8 o'clock kick. I am going to just say what I've been saying all year about USC. I don't think that – I think they're fraudulent. I mean, I don't – They whenever they play good teams, they're going to look really bad. And I think you, this Utah defense is going to be the best defense they've seen so far this year, and I think they're going to make Caleb Williams and company pay. What are your thoughts on this USC-Utah game? Well, my first thought on Utah is I don't think that Cam Rising is going to play this year. Like, why has he not played yet? Like, yeah. it's just – it's beyond me. Like, he's been cleared for weeks to play, and he's still not playing. I don't think he's going to play all year. So, I think that's why the line is at six and a half in favor of USC. But yeah, I can see this game being a toss-up. I can see USC bouncing back. But Utah's defense is really good. Um, But I do think that I, USC's offense is going to bounce back. So, I really think this game could be a toss-up. I don't see Utah just going in there and dominating them like Notre Dame did. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, difference with is the quarterback. I mean, if, if Cam Rising decides to play, then I think you'll see some – first of all, you'll see some major line movement on this because USC is seven-point fa- – or six-and-a-half-point favorites right now. And if Cam Rising plays in this game, you could see that flip, honestly, to like a pickup. I mean, that's the that's how significant he is to this team. And I still think Utah can get it done even with the, the backup. I really do. I think they can control – the line of scrimmage and play really good defense and win this game. That's how that's how fraudulent I think USC is, genuinely. I I think it's a toss up. I could see it going either way, but I it's not on my card, but I would pick USC to bounce back and win outright. Uh, not to cover. But. Yeah. Well, that does it for our week eight outlook. Uh we're gonna we're gonna go into our betting recap for last week on our cards. Please, do we have to? <laughs> I mean how many weeks in a row is this, Robbie, of both of us just being really bad? It is to the point where, first of all, I'll just say that I went two and six so I can get that out the way. <laughs> but I have been so awful like the past, what, three weeks at least. Like I went like, what, like nine and one one week, and I don't think I've had a winning week since. <laughs> and it is like comical how bad I've been like the last few weeks you did have an eight and seven week that was that was one of your weeks so. um but yeah it's been rough for both of us uh, I went five and nine 
awful, just really bad. Um, and we'll read through our record real quick. We're not going to hide from our from our picks and our record. We're we're standing firm. We know we've been bad, but we're trying to bounce back. Rob, Robbie is 35-44 and one on the year, 44%. And I'm 62 and 66 on the year, 48%. Uh, Robbie went 0-2 on his locks this past week. Um, do you have anything to say to Washington State besides what you said earlier? No, they're still dead to okay. me. I, I can't say anything <laughs> else about it because they're dead to me. So, yeah, that puts Robbie at 6-7 and seven on the year on locks and me at 5-8. and eight. And I, I know I say this every week, but whenever we're bad, but I think we're going to bounce back this week. I literally looked at Robbie before this podcast started. And I said, I really like the board this week. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a, I feel a lot better about this week than I have in recent weeks, especially last week. I felt awful last week and it showed on my board. <laughs> he played scared last week and, and it, it bounced back and bit him. So I did. Robbie, would you like to start us with your card for week eight? Yep, I got nine games this week. I've been trying to keep it around 10 to 12 or so, or but nine I got going on this week. I like, you know, we talked about this already. I still like Ohio State, minus four and a half until Penn State can go in there and prove to me that they can get it done. I'm not going to bet against Ohio State. So I like them minus four and a half. Iowa minus three versus Minnesota. They're playing at home. Minnesota is not good on offense or defense. I was good on defense. So I'll take them at home by a field goal. Arkansas minus five and a half versus Mississippi State. Arkansas has lost, what, like five games in a row. And they have all been close. And But, I like, I looked at their schedule, and, like, the five losses were against, like, Alabama, LSU, BYU, and, like, they were all, like, tough games. Maybe Texas A&M, I think. And they were all, like, tough games. And Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure what – are all those ranked teams? Uh, Yeah, well – Maybe not BYU. A&M's not and BYU's not. But But A&M's a good team. They're all – yeah, they're all good teams that they played. So, I like uh, Arkansas to bounce back. You know, they're not going to lose, I don't think, to Mississippi State. So, I got them minus five and a half. And then Texas – I'm laying 22 and a half at Houston. The game's at Houston. Look, last time Texas took the field was two weeks ago against Oklahoma. And I think they got a bad taste in their mouth and they're going to show up with bad intentions at Houston. So I I like a blowout there. I'll, I'll lay the points. Same with North Carolina, minus 23 and a half at home versus Virginia because Virginia is so bad. And North Carolina has a really good offense. They're going to put up a lot of points. Um Again, I know it's a it's a big line, but I'll still lay them. And then Clemson minus three and a half. I was hoping to I was hoping to get rid of this hook and get it at three, but it didn't go that way. So, but I still like Clemson minus three and a half at Miami. Um, they're just reeling right now, and I think that Clemson's the more they're the bigger, more physical team. They've been playing a lot better. I still I like Clemson. I think they're the better team. And then UCLA minus seventeen. At Stanford, I think that Stanford, you know, they come back. You know, they had a miracle game last week, and <laughs> but they're going to get brought down to earth. UCLA's defense is too good, even at Stanford. I like UCLA minus seventeen, and then I'll save my two locks. All right, I've got some Thursday night action. James Madison minus three and a half at Marshall. James Madison has been really good this year. They're undefeated, and um, first of all. They should be able to go to a bowl game. They have a bowl ban for the first two – for last year and this year because of their move from FCS to FBS. If you're good enough to move from FCS and win six games, you should be deserve to go to a bowl game. I mean, goodness gracious. 
Anyways, they're going to win this game by more than a touchdown. They've been dominating all year, so I like the three and a half there. I have Oklahoma minus 18 and a half versus UCF. Um, and then their team total as well, over 41 and a half. I think Oklahoma is going to put up a lot of points and dominate this not great UCF team. So the teams that UCF has played in the Big 12, they've gotten dominated by in, yeah. in their first year. So I like Oklahoma to roll here. And then I have Penn State plus four and a half. I said it earlier. I think they're going to win this game. So I'll, I'll take the points plus four and a half at Ohio State. I have Indiana plus five and a half versus Rutgers. Both of these teams aren't very good. And I think one of this is one of those games where, like, the home team is going to have somewhat of an advantage. So I'll take the five and a half there uh, with Indiana playing against Rutgers. I have Memphis minus five and a half at UAB. I don't think this line is anywhere near where it needs to be. I think Memphis is a good team. I know Robbie, they have left a salty taste in his mouth after what they did this past weekend. He had the over in that game, and nobody could score in the fourth quarter. So, But I think Memphis is a good team. I think they win this game by by two touchdowns. So I like five and a half there. I have Missouri minus six and a half at home versus South Carolina. I, South Carolina is awful. I mean, goodness gracious. They're not a good football team. Shane Beamer's busy breaking his foot, not worried about his team. I mean, goodness gracious. Can we talk about that for a second? Shane Beamer is the biggest clown in the, FC, uh, in the really SEC. Like, who, like, I don't know anybody who really likes Shane Beamer. Like, just, <laughs> I can't stand him. I don't like dislike the dude, but like the stuff he does is just dumb. Yeah. Like he's he's like crying over a bowl game when they went six and six, and he just he can't control his emotions and he's just not a great football coach. You can't lose to Florida when you're up by 14 points with like five minutes to go. Unexcusable. Anyways. I like Missouri by a touchdown. I have the Oregon team total over 41 and a half versus Washington State. I mean, goodness gracious, Arizona just put up 44 points on Washington at home. So Oregon's playing at home this week. They just got to score 42 points. I like the team total there. I have Northwestern team total under 14 and a half. This game could, at Nebraska, this game could be a 10 to 7 type game, uh, maybe even less. So neither team likes to score. So I like the under 14 and a half there. And I say likes to score. They obviously want to score, but neither neither team is good at scoring points. So, um, like neither, neither team can. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better word. But yeah, now I have Oklahoma State, West Virginia over forty nine and a half. Um, both teams have been putting up a lot of points recently. I think this is going to be a good game. Now, Oklahoma State's bounced back after starting really bad to start the year. They've been really good the last few weeks. So I like the over there. North Carolina minus twenty three and a half versus Virginia. Robbie already talked about it. This game's going to be a blowout. Virginia is one of the worst teams in Power 5, and North Carolina's rolling. So I like that. Kansas State minus six and a half at home versus TCU. I think Kansas State found something this past week. They put in their five-star quarterback, and he looked really good. And I think they found found something they'd been missing. And so I like Kansas State to win this by more than a touchdown. And I talked about this next game uh, just a few minutes ago. I have Utah plus six and a half at USC. I think they win this game outright. I really like Utah um, in, in this spot. And then I have Clemson. I agree with Robbie. I have them minus three and a half at Miami. And then the last game, it's kind of similar to what Robbie has, but I have the Stanford team total under 18 and a half versus UCLA. Uh, I don't think – I think UCLA's defense is one of the best in the Pac-12, and I think they're going to suffocate that Stanford offense. And then I have my two locks. All right. For my first lock, I have Oklahoma minus 18 and a half versus UCF. Aaron's already touched on it. It was on his card, too. I like Oklahoma at home in a blowout against a UCF team that has just not played well in the Pac-12, Pac the Big 12. <laughs> so I like Oklahoma to roll. 
And I also like Ole Miss to roll. I know they're playing at Auburn Saturday night, but I still like I'm, – I'm all on the lane train this week, minus six and a half. I think that that team can put up a lot of points. I know that Auburn played Georgia close at home, but I think that Ole Miss, they're just going to keep on trying to score no matter what. So, you know, Georgia, they're a lot more balanced attack, and, you know, Auburn's defense could keep them in the game. But I think ultimately Ole Miss is going to pull away, especially in the second half. All right. I have uh, – you've heard these two picks before because Robbie just gave them. But I have Arkansas minus five and a half versus Mississippi State. I agree with everything Robbie said. I think uh, Arkansas is better than their record shows. And they showed a lot this week to me against a good Alabama defense. And I think they're going to roll this week versus a bad Mississippi State team. And then I have Iowa minus three versus Minnesota. I have made money this year betting against Minnesota. I normally wouldn't touch an Iowa game, but I, that's how much I hate this Minnesota team. So I have Iowa minus three versus Minnesota. And that does it for our parlay of the week. I'll read it off one more time for you. We have Arkansas minus five and a half at home versus Mississippi State. Iowa minus three at home versus Minnesota. Oklahoma minus 18 and a half at home versus UCF. And then Ole Miss minus six and a half at Auburn. That is our Inside the Lines parlay of the week. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we just ask that you'd share it with a friend and come back and see us next week. Thanks so much. We'll see you all then. Roll Tide.